Warning, great marriage advice ahead. Marriage on the Rocks is not a licensed marriage counseling service. Our opinions and methods work for us, so your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 11th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Uh, As always, we have a drink with our discussion, and we are actually in Kansas this week, so we decided to do a local beer. Um, It's called Dirty Kansas. It's by Free State. Yeah, it's the name of it. It's not bad. I just I just took the first sip and I think it's pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, that tastes pretty good. We had a hard time finding a local beer, so yeah. So we got got to choose some. Yeah. <laughs> um. So last week we talked about a healthy sex life. Um. Lots of interest. Yeah. For yeah. people. It, so. Yeah, we were glad to... I hope everybody liked it. Yeah, I really hope everyone liked it. And I think that we got we got some pretty good feedback and, and all that. So that was nice. Um, but in, in that episode, we, we mentioned that um, sex is one of, the main, one, one of the main reasons that people fight. Um, and the other two are kids and money. Yep. And then what did you find out? That money was the... Money is the number one uh, reason why, or number one no, argument. Number, number one, one argument, fight. but set, um, the number two reason why people get divorced. Yep, right behind cheating. Mm-hmm. So yeah, important stuff. I mean, money's a big, a big issue in a whole lot of relationships. Um, so it's one of those things where I think that. A lot of people try to take the high road and say that, you know, all you need is love and mm-hmm. materialistic things don't matter. And I don't think materialistic things do matter, but I think that knowing how to be responsible with your money and being on the same page is very important. Very important for couples. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I see. I see why a lot of couples fight over it, mm-hmm. and I think there are. You know, you shared an article this week that talked about some of the seven. What What was the title? Seven. Uh, Seven mistakes. That Seven mistakes married couples make with money, or something. With, like that. Yeah, relationships and money. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know we we look at even our own stories of whenever we got together, mm-hmm. and uh, my previous partner was pretty bad with money. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't want to save, just wanted to spend. We um, couldn't really get on the same page with what we wanted to do with money. And so when we did get divorced, we had a lot of co-debt. We had maxed out credit cards. We had debt for appliances and TVs. We had, you know, when we bought the, uh, one of the mistakes that we made was we had had moved and both got really good jobs. And we were making more money than we had ever made before. Mm -hmm. And we had already lived in a couple of different houses and... In California, and then we were like, "Well, we don't want to upgrade again, so let's go ahead and get um, get a very expensive, big, nice, beautiful home that we're not just happy with now, but we'll be happy with in ten years, and we won't feel the need that you know." Our thought was, "This is the least amount of money we're ever going to make. Mm-hmm. Everything we're just going to just go up from here." Um, and little did we know that less than four weeks after we bought the house, that I was going to lose my job. And not work again for seven months. Uh-huh. And that was very foolish on both of our parts to make that decision to try to live outside of our means and have a $2,500 mortgage payment a month um, that 
we that she couldn't support or I couldn't support if the other person lost, lost their, their job. job. Uh-huh. And that's one thing that a lot of couples hopefully think about, but I, I don't think people consider as, as much as they should that what happens if one of you becomes unemployed, can you still live here on one salary? And I think if people looked at it that way, um, they wouldn't live beyond their means. And that's what we did. Right. And, you know, because of that, when we and, and the other mistake we made was um, she was very impatient with money. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, uh, I've, I've always, I've, I have not had any problems waiting to get something. Yeah. Um, if I see something I want, I'm okay knowing, well, I'll save money for six months and get it. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't like that. No. A lot of people want want it now and well, they want it I fast. I think like with uh, nowadays especially too, mm-hmm. everybody wants instant gratification no matter what it is and i think that the uh, (laughs) buying something that you really want just right then and there you have to have it Mm -hmm. or people think that they have to have it yeah and that's a problem that so many people make yep yeah i mean and we of course financed the home and then we financed every bit of furniture Mm -hmm. for this massive house we financed all the appliances we financed a big old flat screen TV for the theater room. We financed everything. And then when we got divorced, none of that stuff was paid off. And and we we had made rookie mistakes very later on when we shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was one of those I came to uh, my single status with a whole lot of debt that I had to get rid of. And then we started seeing each other. Yeah. And you had, you had your own share of yeah. debt as well. Yeah, and so for me... I didn't have I didn't have a whole lot of like credit card debt. Um, I did well. I think I learned for myself pretty early on, thankfully, that <laughs> I I learned from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, being with someone that was uh, a drug addict and alcoholic, I enabled him to to get more drugs and more alcohol. And ended up being an idiot and getting cash advances out just mm-hmm. to help support his drug addiction. Right. And and so that was my big mistake. And thankfully, I learned pretty quickly. No, Crystal, mm-hmm. you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. And you know, because then just your interest rate just shoots up the roof and. Mm-hmm. It's just you you end up digging yourself a bigger hole and you, you thankfully I was able to get out of that whole situation and get out of debt but so that I had a couple credit cards that I had maxed out and like I said they weren't that much money but for me at the time making as little money as I did mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of money to me and then I had my my car, and right. that was my biggest debt. Yeah, at but that time, my car was least paid off. Mm-hmm. I didn't have vehicle debt. Yeah, that's true. I owned my truck uh-huh. at the time, um, but we knew, <clears throat> we knew when we started getting serious, and that we were gonna. Once we, you know, I knew that I didn't want any shared debt with her um, when we were engaged, let alone when we were married. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that we did, or that I did everything I could to dump that off. And I think that we had a really good plan yeah. of how to clear all of our debt. And we both went from, um, you know, combined a whole heck of a lot of debt mm-hmm. 
in you know a year and a half, it was all back down to zero. Yes. And so by the time we got married, we had no debt at all. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we bought our first house, we had no debt. Mm-hmm. And when we bought our second house, we, we had, had no, no debt. debt. <laughs> um, and and uh, some people, I think, are good at money. <laughs> some mm-hmm. people just suck at it, or they, they don't want to take what it what it's necessary to be good at money. Mm-hmm. And I think when you when you look at couples, um, stereotypically, I think guys are more big purchase people, and women are more weekly and daily spenders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that most guys don't have daily habits. Mm-hmm. And when I say daily habits, I mean... You don't see a lot of guys that are like, I've got to stop and get, you know, this coffee drink twice a day. Yeah. Um, I have to have, you know, whatever frappa foofy chino <laughs> that exists. Most guys aren't addicts like that. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're just... Or they don't... They, don't have they to drink go, coffee at work. They don't... Well, I, I was going to say... Um, they don't have to go out and buy the the cute shoes or whatever, but there is guys that have to have the new, yeah. yeah, have to have the new Jordans yeah. or yeah. or whatever new shoe is out. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I guess I do know guys like that too. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, and I think that, but, but once again, that's not a daily. Yeah, thing. I guess that's not. That, that's because uh, I could say the same thing about video games, uh-huh. where people are like, "Oh, I've got to get the new video game that comes uh-huh. out," but that's you know, it's not a daily thing. Uh-huh. Um, I think outside of smoking. I don't think that a lot of guys have that daily routine that costs money. Um, guys are usually, you know, you throw the shoes and things like that, and they're usually not maintenance-intensive. Guys don't spend a whole lot of money getting their nails done mm-hmm. and their hair done mm-hmm. and things like that. But then you have some guys that are like, I've got to go get a massage every week, and, you know, I think... Well, and, and there is guys, too, that... i got to get have, pedicures. That and, have to get their hair done every week. Not right. done, but, you know... Right. Faded or whatever mm-hmm. every week so they can keep up with, you know, keeping it short and looking neat or whatever. Right. And to be fair to them, at least it, at least it doesn't cost as much as... Depending on where they go. A woman, <laughs> I guess that's well, true. Well, I mean, yeah, they're not going to spend $200, but, hopefully. But... But it could even <coughs> add up or be mm-hmm. even to the woman spending, you know, her money on her hair right. every three months or whatever. Yeah. You well, know. I know that in, in my previous relationship, um, you know, she hated this, but she was addicted to coffee. Mm-hmm. And she had to get at least two $5 coffee drinks every day. And most days it was three. And when I started doing the math and said, you know, you're spending, you know, X amount of dollars a week. I mean, $15 a day times five days a week. I mean, you're looking at, what is that, 75 bucks Mm -hmm. a week. And, uh, you know, and then you start putting that in a month and then a year. Yeah. And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, you're spending, even if I want to get a video game every week on a PlayStation, it's 59 bucks. Mm -hmm. You're spending more than that on coffee. Yeah. You know? At least my game's going to last me longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Um, but things like that, the, those those disposable habits of spending, whether it's mm-hmm. smoking, whether it's it's drinks, whether it's, you know, not taking the proper steps to prepare your food before you go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're one of those people that has to eat out every day for lunch, yeah, that, that stuff adds up that, quick. Yeah. If you just cut out eating out, 
You save a ton of money doing that. Yeah, well, you probably you save a ton of money, and you'll probably uh, it'll probably help you with your your health and yeah, Mm -hmm. because you know if you eat out, you tend to eat worse too. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, you know some people they don't realize how poor they are with money, Uh and I think that you know there are certain things that you should be able to look at to that's going to help you identify that you need to change your spending habits. And I think you kind of hit on one of them. If you're using cash advances in any way, shape, or <laughs> oh form, gosh. that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, you are throwing money in a hole mm-hmm. uh, that you're never going to get back. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, what, robbing Peter to pay Paul on, <laughs> on that. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you get a cash advance of 100 bucks, and then you have to repay him 125 I mean, you do that every week for a whole year. You're wasting thousands of dollars mm-hmm. on nothing. Uh, I mean that that should be the first thing. If you can't, if you are living, most most people that claim they're living paycheck to paycheck, and it's not a temporary situation. And what I mean by that is like you, you haven't lost a job, you haven't, mm-hmm. you know, something tragic has happened in your life that has now put you in a financial constraint. Most of that crap is one hundred percent self induced. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. it's it's just people being stupid with their money. Mm-hmm. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you should not be going out. You should not be buying alcohol. You should not be paying to get your nails done. Mm-hmm. You should not be paying 200 pop to get your hair done. I mean, there are a huge list of things that you should not be doing if you are, quote-unquote, living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people that start doing that don't know how to quit. They don't know how to get out of it. People uh-huh. get caught up. And, and a lot of people don't understand the difference between what I want and what I need. Right. Well, and they don't have to live paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. if they would spend their money right. Mm-hmm. And if they're if they realize what they're doing, yeah, and not by and I guess frivolous spend do frivolous spending, right? Then they wouldn't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they just they just continually make poor financial decisions every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know I, uh, we talked about the cash advance stuff. Another one is you should never buy a vehicle that's nicer than the place you're living in. Yeah. If you are living in a dump, but you're driving a Beamer, <laughs> you're an idiot. That's, <laughs> I know. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Your car needs to be reliable on the inside mm-hmm. and get you to work reliably and consistently mm-hmm. from point A to point B. But if you're one of those people that goes to one of those chop shop high end, what was the, what was the name of that one, in Colorado, that people would go oh, to? Like I had several uh, friends that would. Gosh, what was uh, sharpest rides? Sharpest rides, right? yeah. yeah. People would go to this place, and it was just this side of a chop shop. They would take, you know, people that couldn't handle their payments, get these cars that were already beat up, and we had a couple of friends that that bought are them. Are they still in business? I don't I know wonder. if they were not. Mm-hmm. And then like. I had one friend who bought like a Chrysler 300 and then yeah. the, the engine dropped out. Yeah. Like a few weeks later. And uh-huh. it's as is. Uh-huh. But they wanted this slick ass ride. And it's like, oh, I'm driving the new 300 with, you know, 22 inch rims and all this. And they would have been better off going to the the, re- the pre- pre-owned Honda Civic oh, yeah. for 2000 <laughs> 3000 bucks. Uh-huh. And you're fine. Yeah, well, you know, me and Hondas. Oh, yeah, you love Hondas. Yeah, I love Hondas. And 
they're so reliable. Mm-hmm. And just buy, you just buy a Honda from, you know, somebody. Yeah. You know, go get on Craigslist and buy And they're a not Honda. expensive to fix. Yeah, they're not happen. expensive to fix. And they, they last you forever. Hondas and Toyotas yeah. last you forever. You know, it's one of those things. You, you and I talked about it, and it's a... Uh, I don't know if you would call it a cultural thing or whatever, but you look at certain areas of every state or town that we go to, and whether you want to say it's the other side of the tracks or this or that part of town, but you see in these areas where the businesses know that the residents are going to throw money away, in areas that have rim shops and tattoo parlors and dollar trees and dollar generals and mm-hmm. and all of these areas it's not that it's necessarily there because it's low income i think that that's part of it but it's they know that people are going to spend more money on their rims than they will their rent mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. and you know i think that there's there's poverty breeds poverty mm-hmm. and people just continually make those bad decisions and, and the the local businesses are the ones that benefit from oh, it. Oh yeah. You know? They will and they they <laughs> it sounds mean, I guess, but they really do try to to put they put these places in those areas. Right. So they can make the money like that because they know that these areas are mm-hmm. gonna make them the most money. Yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 funny. To, I mean, it's it's one thing to say you should not have a vehicle that's nicer than the place you live. But what's even more asinine than that is having rims that are nicer than the vehicle you're driving. <laughs> and we see that quite I a know. bit. And it's like, what yeah. are you doing? Why mm-hmm. did you just spend, you know, four thousand dollars on rims for a fifteen hundred dollar piece of crap? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same concept with somebody that doesn't have a car. And they're walking to and from work in the newest Jordans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, true. It's like, what are you doing? I you know, know. That, it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. But, um, but, but people tend to just get down these paths where, once again, people think material. Well, I have to have this. Mm-hmm. No, you, what you have to have is a roof over your head, food on your plate, mm-hmm. and some sort of transportation to get to and from work, so you can. Make money, make ends meet. Yeah. And when you have... And be a reliable employee. Right, and be a reliable employee. And, you know, I think that whenever you take, you know, money advice and finances affects everybody, whether you're single, married, dating, living together, whatever it is, anybody can benefit from good, strong financial advice. And I think that there are mm-hmm. programs and opinions out there, like, like a Dave Ramsey, mm-hmm. which is very rigid, and it's it comes at the assumption that People can't handle credit cards. Yeah. So he, he teaches you should never own a credit card. Uh-huh. And, well, that's that's great advice if you can't handle a credit yeah, card. Yeah, and I, and I think that, like, I think we both agree with some of his his methods and everything and and understand the reasoning why he, he says the stuff that he does. Right. Because a lot of people don't know. <laughs> you have to treat them like... <laughs> yeah. Like they don't know how to spend money. Uh, like a five-year-old yeah. that is learning how to spend money. Yeah, because they'll tell you cut up all your credit cards. Mm-hmm. Don't get. But once again, if you find like what we do, we get a credit card that works for us, mm-hmm. where we earn free plane tickets and free rewards out of just using it. Mm-hmm. But we pay our credit card off every, every single week. week. Mm-hmm. Every Friday, we pay our credit card off for whatever we put on it that week. Mm-hmm. 
And if you manage it correctly, that's a you're great golden. tool. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're playing with the house's money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, credit cards are set up to where the house always wins. Yeah. And they make a killing off of people that don't know how to manage credit cards. Yeah. And they don't like people like, well, I mean, they like right. people, I guess, but, but they don't. But for every one of us, there's 200 that don't oh, know how to yeah. use it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So many people make the mistake that I made <laughs> mm-hmm. when I first got my credit cards. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that, you know, on the list, one of the things that it talked about that you shouldn't do is have separate accounts. Yeah. And I I, I agree. We have never had separate accounts once we got married. Well, once we got was, married, yeah. We, we had when we were dating, accounts. we Yeah, if we you had aren't married, accounts. you should have... <laughs> separate accounts. Separate accounts. Yeah. Um, but what if... What if you have a conservative spender and saver and somebody that's just completely loose with their money? Oh, my gosh. I think that... I think that's tough because... And I think that we're, we're very fortunate that mm-hmm. we both... I mean, I've always been a saver. Right. Since I was a kid, my, my parents would give me an allowance and I would save and save and save for the whole year mm-hmm. until Christmas time, and then I, you know, I had money enough money to buy everyone presents. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for me to to try to tell somebody that spends all the time because I know they're not <clears throat> gonna listen to me. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I just know they're not. Right. And I think that if I was with somebody that was a a spender like that, they they wouldn't listen. Uh-huh. And it would just me be trying and trying to tell them, you need to do well, this. Would you want your own account in that case? Or would you still, if you're married and you go, well, I guess, let's say you made the mistake and didn't identify that you were with somebody that had no idea how to spend money. Would you want to have a shared account or? I <laughs> I think that I would want, I would still want to have a, a, a shared account. But I would be the one managing the money. Okay. Not both of us. Because you're a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but it. I don't know. I would just feel more comfortable that way. Yeah. Because I... Well, and if, if you're that weak person that doesn't know how to save money, you should you should at least be able to own up to that. Uh-huh. And say, yeah, I don't know how to save. I, I spend... It burns a hole in my pocket as soon as I get it. So if you're in a relationship... Especially if you're married, you should be entrusting the other person to help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, it's sometimes spending money and buying frivolous crap is, you know, kind of like an addiction Mm -hmm. for some people. And they can't stop on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think one of the big successes that people would have is patience. Mm -hmm. Be patient. We don't buy anything that we don't have the cash to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And we are very patient. And I think that yeah, very. We've, we've been through, I, I think certain things in our life has have made us patient. I think that um, I, I, I always compare fitness and finance mm-hmm. because I think that there are very similar, very, very similarities to both. Mm-hmm. And you, you're not going to get fit overnight and you're not going to be a master of finance overnight either. And I think that because of understanding and recognizing the patience and the effort that goes into at least 
being fit and taking care of yourself and working out and all that, that translates over into patients in all kinds of different avenues. Yeah. Um, including finances, where when we were you know building our new house, we started looking at furniture right off the bat, and we knew what we wanted, where we wanted, mm-hmm. and we knew, okay, well, here's the living room set we want, so let's set enough, enough money for that, yeah. and then go pay for it. Well, and we kept saving. We, we saved mm-hmm. so much while the, the house was being built, yeah. and we, we got the cheapest apartment that we could get, yeah. Um, I was in property management and um, we got... Yeah, we could have got the biggest place yeah. for still cheap. Right. But we said, what's the smallest one bedroom we can get? Yeah, we it's got... only for six months. Yeah, we had a 600 square foot apartment. Yeah. The smallest one that you can get. And if you hear that and you say, oh, my husband and wife, we'd kill each, or we'd kill each other if we were in a 600 square foot apartment... <laughs> You're with the wrong person. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, so we got uh, the 600-square-foot apartment and paid the least amount of money we could so we can save, you know, half of, or more than half yeah. of what our mortgage used to be mm-hmm. so we can, you know, save for not only the down payment on the house, yep. but the furniture and everything else to... To be put in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we paid cash for every bit of that. Mm-hmm. And we got all, we got furniture throughout the entire house. Yeah. Except one of the guest rooms. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we yeah. used everything from our old house for that. But our initial intention was to use all the old stuff. And then slowly phase in, phase in the new, new stuff. stuff. But then we realized we didn't have to wait. Mm-hmm. We could go ahead and start phasing it in. Uh, and buying it before we had the house. Mm-hmm. And what we spent didn't affect what we were going to put down on the house because it was completely different. But we were still saving towards that. Yeah. Uh-huh. But still able to do that. And, and it takes shopping. We went to all the furniture stores. Mm-hmm. And we found one that was about two months behind the main furniture retailers where if you saw a, oh, li- yeah. a living room set mm-hmm. at, the, at the very expensive place for... $10,000, if you just waited a couple months, it was going to be at the at new the place one. for over half off sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, and that's where we ended up getting the bulk of our, of our, our furniture. furniture. Yeah. Uh-huh. And even our bedroom set, if we would have been a little more patient, oh, I know. We... right after we got it a month <laughs> yeah, after we moved we like, the house, we found heck? it at the cheaper place. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. come on. Um, but, I mean, that's a lot of people just don't have the patience mm-hmm. that, that it takes to get it. And I think that... Uh, if if they had that, it would just make life so much easier. You oh, don't, yeah. you don't when you see something. I mean, and I think that there's within reason, but big purchases, you, you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you just shouldn't. You should save. I think I think that it's completely possible, and we didn't do it, so I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. But I think it's completely possible for people to buy a really nice, beautiful, brand new car with cash. Mm-hmm. If they have a plan and they save. Yeah. Um, that is the one thing that we have financed. Yeah. But we have always paid it off uh-huh. years early. We oh, always yeah. get a car. Even though we, we have nice cars, we shop around, we get the lowest interest rate we can, mm-hmm. and we get we always put money down and a trade-in mm-hmm. on that car. Even if the trade-in's worth 3000 we can put... An extra three thousand down. Mm-hmm. You know, you put six thousand down on a thirty-five thousand dollar vehicle, and you only finance that. I can't do math. What is that? It's twenty-nine thousand. <laughs> twenty-nine thousand bucks. Um, 
and you have your monthly payment at the low interest rate, and then you start doubling because we doubled up on yours yeah. every month uh-huh. to pay yours off before yeah. mine. And then as soon as we paid we yours off, we doubled up mine, and then we realized we, we could st- pay yours. We off. could just pay mine off, uh-huh. and so we paid it off. Yeah. And so we own both our vehicles. The yeah. only fi- the only interest, or the, I'm sorry, the only debt we have is our home. Yeah. Uh huh. I know. Well, and like with our, um, we just recently had a an outdoor kitchen and landscaping done in our house this year mm-hmm. and we saved we up saved, the money. We saved up from when we moved into the house. We knew what we wanted to do. For the next year. Yeah. And we, we have a list of things that we want to do each yeah. year. And then we, once again, we shopped around. We found the right people to do it. We got bids on the work and moved forward. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that you you need to do is you need to put money away and my, my one of my <coughs> uncles... Um, used to tell my dad to pay yourself, mm-hmm. pay yourself, and you know save not <laughs> not just go and spend whatever, right? But save money for your future uh-huh. or whatever, and then um, pay yourself first, and then you know spend yeah what you need to. Well, a lot of people make mistakes when they they. When you look at something as simple as taking a vacation, mm-hmm. a lot of families wait until they realize we need a vacation. Mm-hmm. Let's start looking and go on one as soon as we can. Yeah. You need to be doing that crap at least six months in advance. Yeah. If you know next summer you want to go take your kids to Disney, which I do not recommend doing in the summertime to anyone, <laughs> but if you decide that next summer when the kids are out of school you want to go to Disney, you need to start saving for that this summer. Yeah. And putting that aside because you're going to need to buy tickets six months out. Mm-hmm. And then you need to look around. I mean, one of the great things that we've done with big vacations is we've gone through Costco. Yeah. And you, you can go to Italy and Rome. And yeah, for pretty reasonable. Fiji or wherever for, uh-huh. yeah, really reasonable. A for lot all cheaper. Package. Yeah, uh-huh. than trying to go through a travel agency or doing it on your own. Yeah, I mean, and you, <coughs> of course you have to spend that, what, $55 or hundred dollars for your year yeah for your membership but it it for that it really does pay mm-hmm. for itself if even if you're just doing just that yeah well and you know it's funny because we've uh on one of the old radio stations we listened to one of the things came up and we've we've known friends and family that have done this where one spouse they don't have money to go on a vacation but one of the partners feels that the memories mm-hmm. that the kids will experience is worth going into debt for. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty divisive decision. Uh-huh. Um, well, and I mean, I can speak for myself and my life. My, uh-huh. my dad always wanted us, wanted me and my sisters to have, you know, those memories and to be able to to say that you know he took us to you know travel the world or whatever and later on my parents ended up telling me and my sister that don't make our mistakes don't get into debt you know save up for those trips like Uh we should have right (laughs) you know do save your money and then you can you can do the things that you want when once you save yeah Right. And so that's one thing that I I learned from them, but I, I still had to learn from my own mistakes as well. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. It, you know, and, and I think that that's, 
that that's a tough one because somebody feels like they're the, the kids are worth it mm-hmm. and i i don't want to say they're not yeah but you can explain to those children as they get older why why you, you made, made the decisions that you did yeah well and you know and i'm i'm thankful that my dad you know took us to all these different places mm-hmm. and stuff but i now i realize why they told me yeah to, At what cost? Yeah, yeah, to not do what they did mm-hmm. <laughs> and learn from their mistakes. Right, yeah. And I think sometimes you have to get creative with it. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking a family trip every year, maybe you just take a family trip every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, or you try to go in the off-season or whatever it may be where you can save the most amount and find the best deal and the best package mm-hmm. to get that stuff done. Yeah, you're still going to have fun. You're still going to... You know, do yeah. the things that you want to do. It's just going to be a little bit cheaper, mm-hmm. so why not do that? I used to get jealous of the kids I went to school with whose parents would take them out in the middle of the year to go on these trips. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you lucky you get to get out of school <laughs> in October to go to Florida for a week? Yeah, my when, grades weren't good enough for my yeah, parents to do that. Yeah, that was the other thing, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, you know, for the kid, it's a win-win. I yeah. get out of school and I get to take a trip. And there's no lines? Yeah. That's, that's way better. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that uh, when you look at, you know, we, we talk about kind of what we did, but for people that are, are like, well, that's, you know, yippee freaking do. We're up to our eyeballs in debt. Um, th- there's not an easy answer, but mm-hmm. it's not as daunting as people think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I foreclosed on a house. Yeah. My credit was obliterated when I got divorced because... We lost the house. I had all that debt that had to be paid off. Um, I wasn't paying my credit card because I didn't have a job for seven months. Mm-hmm. And that went to collections. And Well, and then you had a wife that spent money. Yeah. A lot of money and had yeah. to have the newest, yeah. finest the seasonal things. wardrobes and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, and then the kicker to that was after I lost the house, after... We had, I had all that debt that I still had because when we got divorced, you know, she took this piece of it and I took these pieces of it and, and had to pay it off. When I filed taxes, mm-hmm. the IRS came back after me. I know. For three years, I had to pay them thousands of dollars. And I didn't, it was the least amount I'd ever made in a year after well, I got and divorced. Wasn't or after it because that. you, like, because you settled or something? <laughs> I with settled with Bank of card. America on yeah. a credit card debt. And so they counted that. As income. As income. I had like a $12,000. That was part of the debt that I took in the divorce was uh-huh. this $12,000. And I called him and was like, you know, I'm a security guard. I don't make enough to pay this off. It's going to take me 25 years to pay off that debt and have a place to live and buy myself food and pay for my son and all that. And so they're like, well, we, you know, we'll take a buyout of 3000 if you can pay that today. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. But I didn't realize at the time that they were going to take that other, you know, nine to ten thousand dollars and counted as income Mm -hmm. so i didn't claim it Mm -hmm. and then they came so i had to it was weird because i didn't make that much money but i had to pay like three thousand in taxes that year and that was the only year i didn't use h&r block Uh and i had to pay like three thousand in taxes and then the next year the state came after me and i had to pay the state of colorado like like two grand, oh and then the gosh. next year, I'm sorry, federal came after me first. I had to pay them thirty five hundred mm-hmm. the next year, and then state came after me for like another two grand the next year. Yeah. So it was I ended up paying all this money. I paid way more than what I got in income from the settlement. Yeah. Um, 
That's ridiculous. Or way more than I should have anyway. Uh-huh. But that, you know, and that that was so scary, trying to pay off all this debt. And then I just kept getting hit with Well, it's taxes. like, it was almost like the interest still got you yeah. in the end. Right. Bit you in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sucks. Um, one thing, I know, I think that we both kind of realized when when we first, when I first left my ex and you first got divorced, was having to to be able to live on your own and and being able to afford things, afford life. And I remember like doing a little finance sheet and in living in Denver, and this was before it got outrageously expensive, right? Like eight years ago yeah. or seven years ago. Yeah, before it got super, super bad. Mm-hmm. And me doing the little finance sheet on my own. Yeah. I was I was like, oh, I don't know if I can mm-hmm. if I can afford an apartment on my on the income that I had yeah. at the time. Yeah. And it would have been really tight. Very And tight. that that was one of the things that was very important to me because I had you know, when I graduated high school I joined the military, so even when I was on my own you know, the military was still giving me money for housing. They were giving me money for food. So I, I knew I wasn't really on my own. Mm-hmm. And so when I got divorced, I wanted to make sure that I could survive without anybody's help. And that was really important to me to just kind of prove to myself that I didn't have to have anybody financially. And I think that a lot of times you hear people throw things out there like, oh, I'm independent, or I'm financially independent, and mm-hmm. they aren't. Yeah. They say they are. If you're, if you have a roommate, you're not financially independent. Uh-huh. If you, you know, don't own your vehicle, you're not financially independent. If you're, you know, ex- getting help, if you have a safety net of any kind, if you know, I lived in a different state, away from all my family. I was a single parent, with, you know, not making that much money in uh-huh. in the beginning, and. I wanted to make sure I could be financially independent. Uh-huh. Right? I didn't rely on anybody. Yeah. And I couldn't rely on anybody. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, if you're one of those people that, you know, you know that if you lose your job and you lose your place, you can move back in with mommy and daddy. Well, and uh, thankfully for me, I was able to. Right. And, you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that mm-hmm. I was able to do that and, and get out of the bad situation that I did. Right. <laughs> but I think that was the only... That was the only source of help, I guess, money-wise or anything like that that I ever asked for. Yeah, but you, you even going through that, you, you're not allowed to live with mom and dad and be like, oh, I'm financially independent. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're still no. getting that assistance and that aid uh-huh. and that help. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I realized that. And, and I took the time, I took that time as, you know, a time for me to save and mm-hmm. get out of the debt that I was in. Right. Well, a lot of people find themselves in these these situations where they're getting help. Mm-hmm. They they have a family member giving them a huge discount on rent, or they're living with a family member for free, or they have a good friend that lets them, you know, crash or split the rent or whatever, and they're not taking advantage. You should look at it and say, okay, what would my rent be if I had to pay this on my own? That's Every how much that, I should be... I'm saving. Yeah, saving or putting yeah. towards the debt that I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't making steps to better your situation, at some point in time, somebody's going to yank that rug out from underneath you. Something's going to happen, and you're going to completely regret not preparing for the future in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. 
But people often find themselves in the situations where they're like, oh, finally, I can enjoy the money that yeah. I made, and I can go buy a new car, and I can go do this, and I can get a motorcycle, and I can, you know, go buy a coach purse or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you should have saved that money. You shouldn't be buying things like that if you yeah, if you don't have your own place and your own car on your own means by your own terms, you A, you don't deserve that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and B, you need to be financially wise and set that crap aside. Because there will come a time if you're smart, you'll be able to get all that crap you want. Yeah, well imagine if you did put all of that money towards your debt or you did save every penny of that for six months, how much money you would have saved mm-hmm. to buy whatever else you need or want. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that we, we see with people as well is a great trait of is generosity. Yeah. But there comes a point in time where you need to look after number one. Yourself. You shouldn't be picking up the, the bill and the tab and the dinner for everybody because you got a bonus, you got a pay raise. Mm-hmm. I think that that comes from a very good place, mm-hmm. and it's a great quality to have. But people that are financially successful become generous with their money after they've made it. Mm-hmm. They weren't on the road up, and people think that that's bad. Mm-hmm. And they think they're stingy with yeah. their money, and you know, oh well, so and so, you know, can't even pick up a tab or right. or this and that. It's like, well, no, they, they're just being smart with yeah. their money. Yeah. You they're didn't not, work for this. Yeah, they're not <laughs> trying to be stingy. Mm-hmm. They just, they're just smart. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I see people that are, like every, they have big families, they have a lot of friends. It's like every year the holidays roll around and it's like, oh my gosh, I got to spend, you know, $2,000 on presents for everyone. And... You don't have to do that. You don't have to feel obligated to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's workarounds to those things. But you, you, a lot of financial success is is taking care of your own household first. Once your your priorities are set and you're on that path, then you can start sharing the wealth. And then you can enjoy those things with other people. And then you can pick up the dinner tabs and, and you know take people out and pick up a round of drinks or whatever it is that... You know, makes you feel good about sharing that, but you shouldn't be doing that on the road to success. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be part of your plan, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be veered off of that plan. And even even if you can only save, you know, fifty dollars a month, save fifty dollars a month. Yeah. And you should do that as long as you can mm-hmm. until you have to use that for something important a home a car well, a down payment whatever it is and one thing that we would do is <clears throat> we would well we've we've done a couple of things so like we when we didn't i mean i wasn't making i guess i got i ended up getting a a, a better job that paid uh-huh. a little bit more and all that um and so like we would get out an allowance yeah for the week and uh, we would, I think, what, it was like $200 we would get out for... Yeah, well, and the allowance is relative to what you make. Some people, your allowance is going to be 50, 50 bucks a week. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, so say you get out that $50 for the week, and you only... And, you know, like, this allowance is for if you want to go to out to eat that week. Yeah, if you want to go with coworkers, uh-huh. if you want to you know, go out on a date, whatever it is, whatever your allowance is, mm-hmm. you spend that money as you see fit. 
And if you spend all 50, you're done. Yeah, you're done. But if you only spend 25... But, if you, yeah, if you only spend 25, you shouldn't get out another 50 the next yeah. week. You only, Take you out only get out 25. Yeah. And so that, you end up saving more money. Mm-hmm. That helped us tremendously. A lot, a lot. Because what we found was we never spent our allowance. Mm-mm. Maybe one week you would spend more than I would. And one week I would spend more than you would, but we would never spend our full allowance. Mm-hmm. And if it was, you know, a hundred or, or whatever it was a week, and we spent, you know, fifty of it, mm-hmm. like you said, we would only pull out fifty the next week, mm-hmm. and the rest of that stayed in the account, uh-huh. or it went into savings. savings. We moved it over to yeah. savings. Yeah. And then another thing that we would do is we would um, save money, but then like so we would save a certain amount, and then. Um, if we didn't spend that amount, the next by the next week we would put all of that in yeah, savings and start over at zero again, mm-hmm. or whatever the new paycheck was. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, and it was a weird way of kind of forcing ourselves to to live paycheck, but but not to save paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Uh huh. Like you know whatever the money we got on payday. Whatever we didn't spend throughout that two week period until the next payday, all of that went back into savings and we started over with fresh paper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and that really helped us save. And mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I just just build our savings up. Well, and that was where we we went grocery shopping religiously mm-hmm. every two weeks or every week. If we went two weeks, it was to buy for two weeks of food. If we went every week, it was to buy for a week. And we didn't clip coupons and we didn't look for the best deals but we would buy whatever the grocery store brand yeah. food was uh-huh. and we would get the reward card to get the gas points mm-hmm. and once again make the money work for us mm-hmm. and we were able to one of the things that, that drives me nuts is, is you see it on social media a lot where it's it's this knock that eating healthy is so expensive mm-hmm. and yes going to the farmer's market if you want to get everything at sprouts or what's the other one Whole foods, Whole foods is more expensive than sprouts. Yeah, I think. but any of those is is going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy all organic, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. But uh, what drives me nuts is somebody shows like, well, a case of water is, you know, X amount of dollars, and a case of Coke is only this. I don't know what water you're buying, but in the grocery store, water is cheaper than soda. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And a head well, of lettuce think, is cheaper think, than a bag of chips. I think most um, people look at it at, in the. Um, like going to going McDonald's. Going to McDonald's or something? Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't be going there anyway. I know. A salad at McDonald's yeah. is more than, you know, a, a cheeseburger and french right. fries or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think that most of us in our early 20s, we went through the living off of ramen mm-hmm. and cup of noodles and things like that. And we became gourmet chefs with that stuff. Yeah. And hamburger helper and uh-huh. all these cheap things. And I think that... And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people Uh go through that. Yeah. Um, But if you are a grown-ass adult with a job and you have to, you have to, not that you're choosing because you like ramen and who doesn't like ramen? Oh, I know. It's so good. Well, sometimes when, you know, when you're not feeling good or it's cold outside, (laughs) a a 25-cent thing of ramen's awesome. Yeah. Uh, But if you have to live like that, Uh you're making awful financial decisions. Yeah. And once again, it's not not to take away if you've gone through some experience like you lost your job or or there's been, you know, a tank in the economy or something like that, some outside factor 
has put you in destitute that's different mm-hmm. but if you if you have a job if you have steady income you should have steady savings and if you well yeah i know and you see those um you see those little memes and stuff where um me on my when i the first day i get paid and then me yeah, two like, days later yeah the weekend on mm-hmm. monday after or whatever and you're like oh my gosh i spent that much money and then you're living on ramen for the rest of the two weeks until right. you get paid again. That's not right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's, there, there's shortcuts out there that people can take to help them save money. Um, I think that when you, when you look at, at couples, you know, we've, once again, we would probably bring it up every episode. Having a lot in common and having the same type of traits helps with this. It does. If you're both responsible then once we don't fight over money and it's not because we have money we were together when we didn't have, didn't have any money mm-hmm. and we still didn't fight about it and it was because we both saw the vision you weren't you weren't this high maintenance type of girl and i wasn't this you had to force me to yeah, like buy stuff, buy stuff for myself you need to buy that <laughs> why are you walking around in pants like that get new pants it's okay <laughs> yeah um and I think that, you know, we were never, we have to have the name brand mm-hmm. this, and we have to have the name brand that. Um, because I think once, like I said, if you put the work in on the front end, as you become financially successful, that stuff will come. Yeah. It, that, you'll be able to, to be pickier when you, you have that success. Yeah. But even even for me now, like, I mean, we were just at Target yesterday, <clears throat> and... I'm I'm sitting there with my little cartwheel app on my phone. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, scan this and and then a little two dollars off mm-hmm. of this. I'm like, yes, score. Yeah. Right. And you're like, I think you're a little excited about more excited yeah. than I am two about <laughs> about the cartwheel app. Right. But I I don't know. I, those little things <laughs> help me save more money, and mm-hmm. I I think that it's I think it's fun to save money. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, big, big tips that I tell people is save. Always save. Even if you can only save 10 bucks, save 10 bucks. Um, save as much as you can without affecting your 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 quality of life. And I, I, I hesitate saying that because, once again, people think they need a higher quality of life. Mm-hmm. But you should be able to save money. Pay your utilities, pay your rent or mortgage, and pay your vehicle. Mm-hmm. I mean, and anything else outside of that, outside of food and gas for your vehicle, mm-hmm. you should be saving or spending in a very smart manner. Yeah. Well, and then one thing that we've taught um, Seth, our, our, my stepson and his girlfriend, is to save. And I, we know that they're at least saving $50 every paycheck, mm-hmm. and... They're nineteen. Yeah, and they're nineteen ni- years old. Nineteen years old, and they have their own. They have their own place together, mm-hmm. working towards saving for a house. Right. Well, and I, I, you bring up a really good point, even because, you know, want to share with everybody listening or watching. You know, my my son and her stepson. He's nineteen years old. His girlfriend is nineteen years old. Mm-hmm. They were living in Denver, Colorado where the cost of living is through the roof now. Mm-hmm. And they realized that they, they wanted to be on their own after they finished school. And they weren't going to go to college, um, but 
they realized that if they were going to, they couldn't live on their own and be on their own at that age in living in an expensive area. Mm-hmm. And Colorado's not the only one like that. I mean, there's plenty of states right. that the cost of living is too high for young people. Yes. And so they made the decision to come out and visit Oklahoma mm-hmm. <laughs> to see the lower increase. And I do not want people moving to Oklahoma <laughs> because I don't want it to be overcrowded. Yeah, either. like Colorado. Yeah. Uh-huh. But there are plenty of other states where the cost of living is so much less. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if you are barely scraping by in a Denver or an L.A. or D.C. A DC or a Portland or a mm-hmm. Seattle, mm-hmm. there is 40 other states in the country where the cost of living is lower. Mm-hmm. And you can have your own place. And, that, and that's what's so And remarkable. you can do the stuff that you still like to do. Yeah. You yeah, know. Depending on what it is. Yeah. I mean, if you want to climb mountains and go snowboarding, Oklahoma is not the place for you. If you <laughs> right. want to go to the beach every weekend, Oklahoma is not the place for you. Uh-huh. But if you aren't taking advantage of all of oh, those, those things. things in those areas mm-hmm. and you're just living there to check in on Facebook that you live in L.A. or San Diego, you need to get out of there and live somewhere where... More affordable. Yeah, more affordable where you can have a better quality. I and mean, that was a very deliberate decision we made. Mm-hmm was to be able to save for our future in a very lower cost area. But it was nice seeing, you know, Seth and, his, and Taylor, his, mm-hmm. his girlfriend, look at it and say, well, we're going to be 30 years old by the time we can yeah. on our own in Denver. So They're realistic about yeah, it. Yeah, realistic about it. And we've talked to other young people since that are like, and I've talked to friends that I have that, you know, live in Texas or they, you know, they live in, in Colorado, they live in California, and they're like, you know, my son's, 32 years old and I have no idea when he's moving out, yeah. uh-huh. you know, and it's, it's not so much that we were like, we were going to kick him out, but they wanted to be on their own mm-hmm. and that shows financial responsibility. If, if a 19 year old couple can look at what it takes to be on their own, to pay their bills, to pay their rent, to own their cars mm-hmm. and to yeah. Pay their own insurance and all that stuff, and still have and still, and still have time to, to go on date nights, yeah, and get video games, yeah, and stuff get like video that. games <laughs> and makeup and, yeah. and you know all that stuff. You know, you can do it too. Yeah, um, definitely. But they they looked at a situation that was going to be best for them and, and made it work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think sometimes you have to look at that that picture mm-hmm. and say, well, where am I living and. and you know, where, where am I going to be financially in three years or five years? or And a lot of people nowadays just think things will happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I hear that a lot. Well, one day I'll own a house. Well, what are you, what are you doing, doing to, own, to Because if you're, if you're, you know, and it's weird how we've seen this shift. You know, I, I owned my first house in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And I built my first house in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And... And that was actually in California, which is kind of odd because I lived in a cheaper part of California. Mm-hmm. It wasn't L.A., but <clears throat> it wasn't you know Oklahoma either. And I see people now that are in their 30s, and I'm like, okay, well, you don't own a house now, and there's no owning a house in sight. Are you going to own a house in your 40s? Are you going to own a house in your 50s? Or are you waiting for your parents to die to leave you uh-huh. a house? I mean, what? We are going to... I mean, they are predicting... That this generation that is now becoming adults is going to be the first generation that is less successful than their parents. Yeah. Every other generation, the kids have been more successful than parents, but now we're gonna. They're predicting we're gonna see it change. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and part of it is because of college debt and cost mm-hmm. of living, 
and and just the train of thought of I want to live near this instead of living in an area where I should live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things we saw in, in Denver was people that couldn't afford to live there move there. I know. Whether it was because of pot or culture or mm-hmm. music scene or whatever it was, make the decision to move to an area that they couldn't afford to live in. Yeah. Um, and you should be having a clearer picture and a better train of thought and a process behind that. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot, once again, that's something that's completely controllable by you. Yeah, you it know, is. You can control where you live. Definitely. You can control what you do. You control where you live, you control what you do, and get your, I mean, if you're not in a good situation and you want to make more money, go for that promotion at work. Mm-hmm. Put in the application. <clears throat> you know, people, people stay stuck in a rut yeah. because... They just stay stuck, <clears throat> and they don't do anything to better themselves. Uh-huh. So if you want to be in a better situation, do something about mm-hmm. it. You can. Nobody can. Nobody's ever going to go to an employee and say, hey, you know what? We think you deserve more money. We're just mm-hmm. going to give it to you. Yeah. You have to ask for that stuff. You yes. have to work for it, and you have to remind people what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And have a high self-worth. And one of the common things that you see in successful people, outside of people that were born into money, the people that truly earned it on their own is they were willing to take the risk mm-hmm. of whatever that risk is, whether it's trying a different type of job, getting in a completely different field, um, you know, going for that promotion, stepping outside of whatever your comfort zone is. Mm-hmm. Taking that type of risk is what a lot of financially successful people have done. Mm-hmm. And there is no, as far as I can tell, there is no get-rich-quick scheme. But I think that there has to be a very deliberate maneuvers with manageable risk to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you aren't willing to do that, you, you, I mean, you're not going to have the success that other people do. And you're going to wonder why other people have and you haven't. Well, I know. And you kind of, I guess you kind of have to know your worth mm-hmm. too. And I mean, cause I, I have been in an interview before where they well after the interview they offered me less money and they were like well but you have the potential to to you know get these bonuses and all that and I said well that's not gonna yeah. help me now uh-huh. so I mean can you <laughs> I'm asking for this amount of money right and they gave it to me because, because that's what you were because worth. I asked yeah. and I and I felt that I that's what <clears throat> it was worth yeah yep so yeah well, and and a lot of people are afraid to do that. And that was one of the things my ex would do is, you know, we, when I got out of the military, she got a job and making, you know, 15000 less than I did. And she was so upset. But it was because when they offered me the job, they didn't offer me as much as I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I asked for more. Mm-hmm. And I got it. She didn't ask for more. And she took what they gave her. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in all kinds of aspects of life settle. But yeah. that's one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's nothing. You don't, the answer is always no if you don't ask. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and that's something that people seem to have to continually learn the hard way. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, step up to the plate. Have some balls. Ask for some more money. Yeah. You know, ask for a raise. If yes. you're worth it. If you're just not doing anything <laughs> and you don't deserve a raise, then you're not going to ask yeah. for it. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, and some people are overpaid for their current positions anyway. So uh-huh. know what you have. If you have a good situation oh, that you're man. in, know what you have and do whatever it takes to keep to that keep that situation, situation. Uh-huh. a lot of people are riding a wave and they don't realize they're on the wave mm-hmm. and when that wave crashes they're screwed yeah um, and I've been there myself uh-huh. and I've seen other people do the same thing where 
you have to know what's really going on around you and where you're at. And you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about being on a wave right now, mm-hmm. but we're taking the steps to continue. Point, you know, continue. And we knew that moving forward and moving from Colorado and making the decision we made, that we knew we were going to get a place and get things where if we were dropped down to a single income home we could or household, we could still afford everything we had mm-hmm. without losing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it's just don't live without, don't live beyond your means, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're having that lucky streak, you better be saving some money. <laughs> yeah, I know that <laughs> is something. Aside. That is something that we've always done is is lived within our means. Mm-hmm. We don't over. We don't overdo it. We don't have to get the biggest house on right. the block. We get what we, what's perfect for us. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. Yeah. And one thing that has really helped us with, with everything is we have we do have a financial sheet yeah, that we, we use every, every single week, week. Yeah, every payday, every week. Every week we plug in the numbers, and if any of you want. <laughs> want this yeah. spreadsheet it's a very easy it's so simple Excel like, sheet I used to use it for people in the military because it was people that needed financial assistance and help and somebody used it with me when I was a young person and I just always I, I went back to it once I became single mm-hmm. because I knew what I needed to figure out how to manage my own finances on my own and and it's a very easy simple tool mm-hmm. uh, and we always err on the side of I don't know how you word it we always do worst case scenario. Yeah, we do. Yes. And uh-huh. then, you know. And then go from there. What's the saying? Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Yes. Uh-huh. And that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And every time we make a big financial decision, we always round up to make it, you know, okay, worst case scenario, here's where we're going to be. Mm-hmm. With this house payment or this rent or this car payment, how much are we going to have left over? Are we going to be able to cover this? And if... You know, our electric bill is average, you know, 50 bucks a month. We figure out 75 a month. Right. Just uh-huh. to cover the summer when the AC's <clears throat> blasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and always do those things and take a, really a pessimistic view mm-hmm. of our finances. A lot of people take an optimistic view. Mm-hmm. And that that's how they get that in trouble. So you. be yeah. realistic with your finances. Yes. Watch what you spend. Mm-hmm. Get on the same page. If you're married... You should have a joint account. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't fight over who makes more money. No, that, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's if you're a your couple, money. it's your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've I've never been like this is mine and this is yours. And I think part of that is because we aren't selfish spenders. Mm-hmm. When you get somebody that really wants somebody, and then the other or wants something, and the other end is somebody really holding those purse strings tight. That's like no, you can't have that. That's when you get into this is my money, this is your mm-hmm. money. Um, and we've never done that. We've always, I don't care if, you know, I'm making six figures or if you're, you're making six figures. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as we're sharing that and we both enjoy it, it's our money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how it should be. You shouldn't get into this yours and mine thing. Yeah. Um, now, I say that if you're married. Yeah. If you're not married, you should still have separate accounts. Yeah. Even if you're living together. Uh-huh. You should still have separate accounts. But separate the bills fairly. Evenly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think so too. Yeah. And yeah. monitor what what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um Yeah, I mean like we said, don't use the cash advance places. Those no, are awful. Don't do that. Manage you know, look at your finances weekly or every payday. And find out and yeah, figure out what you sh- what you are able to save. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, look at them weekly. Um and 
pay the pay your bills <laughs> on time. Well, build your credit. Sure. Pay your rent on time. <laughs> pay your rent you're, on you're, time. You're, you're, you don't get a pat on the back oh for paying gosh. your rent, your mortgage, or your bills. That's what you're supposed to do yeah. as an adult. And, you know, you work in property oh, management, people come in all the time. Too well, many people. Well, the last six months I've paid my rent on time. Okay. Well, well so does... Do you want a cookie? Yeah. So does 95% yeah. of That's the That's what people. you're supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get anything special because you do everything on time. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to miss payments. You're not supposed to pay late. You're not supposed to pay half payments. Oh, I don't get paid until this date. Well, you know that you're supposed to get paid. Yeah. Or that you get paid every two yeah. weeks. So save money from that paycheck and your other paycheck yep. and pay it all. <laughs> yep. Um, if, if, you're, if your car is nicer than your place you live, yeah. sell it. Yes. Get something cheaper. Get something that's cheaper that's reliable. <laughs> well, who cares? Uh-huh. I mean, even if you're one of those dudes that you just have to cruise around a nice car, I don't know what good you think that does when you finally pick up that girl and have to drive her back to your <laughs> ghetto fabulous shithole that you live in that <laughs> oh, reeks gosh. and smells and looks awful. I mean, I don't know who you think you're impressing. Um, so get rid of that that expensive overly inflated car that you're driving around yeah and get a nicer place to live yeah take an uber everywhere (laughs) (laughs) i know well that was one of the math that we did with with seth and his girlfriend Uh was in some when you take fuel car payment and insurance it's cheaper to it's cheaper to uber depending on where you're going Uh it's cheaper to uber to and from work every day yeah uh once again depending on how far it is yeah yeah so look at look at what's best for you. Yeah. Financial issues are only temporary unless you don't want them to be. And then they can be permanent if you continue to make bad decisions. Yeah. So figure yeah. what you need to do to get on the other side of that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. If you guys have any other questions, like like I said, we have that uh, spreadsheet that mm-hmm. we could share with anybody. And um, just feel free to reach out for for that kind of advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've been in bad situations and now we're in a good situation. Yeah. So and we figured out how to get, to, like I said, my credit was destroyed. Mm-hmm. I had 892 credit score when I closed on my house with my ex-wife. And then when you and I started dating, it was, I think got bumped down to the 500s. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we bought our second house, I was and back in the back 800s. In the 800s. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So yeah. Um, feel free to reach out. We next week we're gonna be talking about social media. Yep, right? social media. Yeah, so that should be a, a pretty good interesting. Take those passwords off your phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, again, thank you for listening. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube um, and SoundCloud channels, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thank you.